0: no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Thanks. We love you. Hey, everybody. This is Adam, the co-host of the podcast you're about to listen to, depending on which podcast you're about to listen to. But either way, I am the, you know, owner, founder, creator, whatever you want to call it, of the Unpops Network, and I just wanted to remind you that you can hear this show every single week if you subscribe to the Unpops Podcast Network on Patreon, because if you're hearing this message right now, it means you're listening somewhere other than Patreon, which is fine. We love you all the same. But also, why not listen to the rest of the episodes, because they're also really good. And I know what you may be thinking. Hey, Adam, it's because we don't have the money. Why don't you get off our backs? I understand that, too. But also, just wanted to let everyone know, in case anyone didn't, that you can hear this podcast and most of our podcasts every single week for just $5 a month. That's not $5 each. $5 total you get 10 to 12 episodes every week. It's such a damn good deal. Patreon.com slash Unpops. Go check it out. And thanks. We love you. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Pretty Skin with
0: Okay. I don't know if you've ever listened to this podcast. I have. I enjoy. I was enjoying it on my bike ride over. Starts in a very specific way, which is me saying, "Hey, everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary."
1: Pretty scary boo. Pretty scary boo. Oh, oh, oh.
0: this was scary. I was very scared.
1: Adam, we scared someone this time. You we did. did. We I...
0: scared Carrie <laughs> into sounding like a man.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Poor, poor Carrie. She has. Like bronchitis or feline yeah. leukemia or something right now.
1: She's, she's got bronchitis, which is like the exact thing you can't have if you're going to podcast. Yeah. Because as we know, Adam, you can throw up during a recording and it's fine.
0: Uh, it's fine, so to speak.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's fine for the audience. I would say it's engaging for the audience.
0: It was engaging for my co-hosts when it happened, too.
1: Huh. I think I've laughed that hard since. <laughs>
0: It was a particularly funny bout of food poisoning I had. Did
1: you save the clip at all?
0: I, I think the, the problem is I listened back to the clip and you could hear me throwing up in the room. But when you listen to it on the, the clip, it's like you can't hear it at all. Oh. It's very disappointing.
1: I'm not sure we know somebody that can fix that. Because honestly, I, uh, <laughs> it was like a movie throw up. You were like, barf! Like, <laughs>
0: It felt like that.
1: Like no one should throw up like that. That shouldn't be it was like anyway, it, it was
0: great. It was so sudden. We, <laughs> were just, we were just recording and all of a sudden I was getting sick.
1: Bad yeah, like times. How, how you got like flash drunk a couple months ago.
0: That was yeah. I had really not been like I I've cut back on my drinking and
1: <laughs>
0: we did a podcast and carrie brought wine and i had beer and like carrie like fed me two bottles of wine like small bottles but just passed them over while we were recording and mm-hmm. i and at the end of that podcast i am a fucking nightmare mm.
1: it's really good it's uh, one of my favorites
0: i i got halfway through editing that podcast and i was like i don't remember how this ends <laughs> like i don't remember signing It's exciting Huh. It's exciting if you like hearing me go squawk. <laughs> <laughs> can yeah. you can you recall the actual episode?
2: I can dial it up. I'm a Patreon subscriber, as all people should be. I don't know what episode that was.
0: Who knows? Kaylee. I don't
1: either. I nah. don't know. Nah. I, I was. I, I. It was just all I remember is being the only sober one in the room by like a million miles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even close. Oh, hey, I should mention Danger Van Gorder sitting in today. Hi guys. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Do, I'm. Carrie. K- getting carried away oh no yeah wow can we get joe kenda in here for the the comedy assists um
1: and no joe kenda's library cop we won't get a word in (laughs) anyway.
2: i know Mm. i'm just happy to be here and to be scared
0: and pretty
1: what yeah there you go you are very pretty thank you scary no i feel pretty good i said
0: scary after she said pretty though yeah I feel scary. Oh, boy. So what are we talking oh, so about today?
1: Scary. Oh, no, he's singing now. So singing. Yeah. You can stop that.
0: You can stop that. What are we talking about today, Danger?
2: Uh, we're talking about the Tylenol murders of 1982 and the man's name. I can't remember.
0: Well, that's the thing. This, this, There's a lot of lot of talk about a man in this, but uh, interesting twist at
2: the end. Oh, boy. It's Yeah, it's some real David Fincher... Uh,
0: Real zigzags. Yeah, I remember when this happened, because I'm old, and I was six when this happened, and uh-huh. I lived in Illinois. I grew up in Illinois, so oh. I, I vividly remember this. And that's, that's where all this, oh, Elk Grove, Illinois. Yeah, oh, and boy. I remember the panic behind, like, once it happened, everyone was just fucking chucking Tylenol into the toilet. Why did I struggle to come <laughs> up with the word toilet?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. Confusing. You,
2: you got pregnancy brain. That's what it is. I probably took secondhand some cyanide pregnancy. Cyanide
0: lace Tylenol. I hope not. I hope not. Also,
2: because I am going to need to give him out the mouth, uh, and then that's gonna that's gonna end poorly
0: for me too. Let's have the dog try first. Oh, she's so cute. So, uh, does anyone else remember the Tylenol murders?
2: No, this is before my time. Yeah.
0: I, well, of course, I don't think either of you were even born yet, right? Uh, Eighty-five, baby. I don't uh, know.
1: I, yeah, Danger and I are like the same. Yeah, Twinsies. Yeah. Yeah. When's your what month is your birthday? June of nineteen eighty five. Oh, July. We're what? We are
2: yeah. We're peers. We're equals. You we and I. Close. We've been through so much together. Can we tell you like we actually knew each other like in a different life like what, ten yeah. years ago?
1: At least ten years ago. It yeah. was weird because Danger came over to your house, Adam, after we were done recording Pretty Scary and we just kind of stared at each other for a minute. <laughs> Okay, I what, know you. <laughs> yeah,
2: but I don't know how. What is what is what is this thing? And I have a really terrible memory to begin with, but it was there was still like these little like you know little little bells going off here and there, and like oh god, what what is? Look, oh, my bells are fantastic, sir. I okay, mean, you were I'm you're sorry. giving me some guff there. Yeah, and it, and it turns out that Caitlyn knew me from the very limited Orange County rock and roll scene.
1: Back when I dated musicians.
2: Ah, yeah. yeah. Before <laughs> before you wised up.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the guy I dated during all that, was a good, he's a good guy. He's not a bad guy. Yeah, he,
2: and, and, I, and you know what? I really like his
0: music. Let's talk about the Tylenol murders. Sure. The, the first death happened the morning of September 29th, 1982. And of course, it's got to be a kid because <sighs> yeah. we, we got to kick the story off in the worst way possible. 12-year-old Mary Kellerman from Elk oh, Grove Village, Illinois, complained about a sore throat and a runny nose, so her parents gave her one extra-strength Tylenol capsule. Mary was dead by 7 a.m. That's harsh. That is extra-strength like a motherfucker.
2: Yeah, that is... That's is, that, that, that's messed up.
1: Am I the only person that assumes Mary Kellerman was Irish? I don't know. I Ma- just...
0: Matt Kellerman? Yeah, it sounds like a movie crime victim.
1: Yeah, oh, little Mary Kellerman. She was taking some <laughs> Tylenol and she never woke up.
0: Someone Bruce Springsteen would write a song about.
1: Yeah. Mary.
0: Yeah. Uh.
1: Mary Kellerman working at the at the burger stand.
2: <laughs> working at the burger stand across from the old quarry
0: by the and Jersey had, Turnpike.
1: Yeah. Definitely had an abortion that she didn't want, but she had a life ahead of her and, and calling to her and, and so she kept going.
0: And Bruce Springsteen's married, so he had to talk her yeah, into well, it.
1: Bruce Springsteen married a beauty, but, you know, whatever. Mary was just all right.
2: (laughs) And that's the song. And Mary was just all right. Yeah. That that was actually a reference to a Springsteen song. Was it? Oh, sorry. I don't know any references, Adam. You're both the same age and you're the musician. Yes, I know. But I don't know any references.
1: What does that mean?
2: it means it, it. means I look. I I went into my bedroom in like 1996, knowing Star Wars, and I emerged. Uh, what is it? T- Ten years later, not knowing much more past that.
1: So you're George Lucas.
2: Oh, oh man. Hey, I wish that guy. That guy's a stud. <laughs> I wish too. Yeah.
1: The, could, poor uh, the poor man's George Lucas on our <laughs> podcast. Who knew? Uh, this it's really. Lucky.
0: So it turns out Mary's pill had highly, highly concentrated (laughs) forms of potassium cyanide in it.
2: Ouch. Yikes.
0: And it killed poor Mary, but the same day, the same fucking, this is, I think the deaths are the craziest part of this story because they're so rapid fire. uh, Bad choice of words (laughs) in our current (laughs) current news cycle i mean
2: it's it's cyanide right it's basically the poison that like if if it's stored somewhere it's got the skull and crossbones on it it's it's only purpose is the ending of life
0: right it's what spies put in their mouth and chew on if they get caught right so hail not, hydra yeah, yeah.
1: And, and astronauts
0: what oh yeah, yeah. is that a, is that a real
1: thing yeah yeah oh yeah no the suicide pill for astronauts are it's a real thing for sure
2: oh i would not be able to stop talking that. I'd just be like, Oh boy, this thing's in there. I don't think you store it in
0: your mouth, do you?
1: No. They don't do they just give it to you like, Hey, this is
0: <sighs> They don't even ask.
1: Spies no, they don't
0: keep it in their mouths.
1: They don't. I Googled that recently because I was watching Contact for the hundredth time in my life Ooh. and I was like, Do they still do that? And yeah, they still do that.
2: So these so these debts, these are the first these are the first things that happen. There's no, like, people getting sick, or there's no, like, wave of, no. uh, of
0: illnesses. Well, that's how it's cyanide just- works. It kills you really fast. And uh, there was the second person who died that same day was a postal worker named Adam Janis of Arlington Heights, Illinois. And at first they thought he had a heart attack, but that turned out to be cyanide poisoning. And this is where the deaths get really crazy. Adam's brother-in-law, or brother and sister-in-law, Stanley... 25 and Teresa 19 come on Stanley of Lyle Illinois L-I-S-L-E probably yeah, yeah Leslie like something like that let's say Lyle they rushed home obviously as one does when a family member dies suddenly and they came down with throbbing headaches so guess what they did they took Tylenol and then it they fucking died <sighs> which these are young people Everyone who died in this is relatively young. I think the oldest victims were 35. Ugh. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, Stanley died that same day, the same day he showed up to his brother's death, and then Teresa died two days later. Ooh, hard Hmm. times for the Janice family. And over the next few days, three more deaths. 35-year-old Mary McFarland of Elmhurst, Illinois 35-year-old Paula Prince of Chicago and 27-year-old Mary Weiner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come on Mary,
1: what are
0: you doing?
1: Wait, I don't I don't get it. Her
0: her last name it's Weiner. You know like the dog? Like the dog? Yeah. Like wiener dogs? Like
1: the- Oh, so you guys think dogs are? I get it. Yeah, and dogs—they
0: dogs, they got those little legs. Yeah, and they, they got and those they're, little
1: legs,
2: they're stubby, and they look at you like,
1: "Help me! I help me! I can't jump." You ever see help a fat me. wiener
2: dog? Dude, Stop. dude, can we pull that up? Can we? No. Can, okay. No. No, we can't do that. Danger. You're over help. Skype. You're you are powerless. I'm
1: just a wiener. I'm just a little wiener dog. Help me. <laughs> oh help me. <laughs>
2: Please, please do the rest of the episode with uh, with the winner, with the with Zalvina dog voice.
1: Oh yes, everyone took the Tylenol and died. Oh,
2: Yeah, a <laughs> total
0: tragedy. Rough,
1: rough indeed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, in early October, investigators finally made the connection that all of these people died shortly after taking extra strength Tylenol, and each victim had taken a gel capsule. Do either of you even remember, though? I mean, they still make those for some medications. Is that like the squishy kind
2: that you can basically squish with your fingers? And then
0: Well, its most important feature to this story is that you can take it apart and put other shit in it and then put it back together. <sighs> okay. And that's how this happened. This person uh, literally put cyanide inside the capsules. It's actually how I smuggle weed through the airport oh. now. In teeny tiny... tiny Life
1: hack?
0: Well, no, it's a brilliant (laughs) life hack because they have this stuff called Valerian Root, which they sell in any health food store. The best thing about it for this purpose is it smells like feet that were dipped in ass. (laughs) Like, it's the worst, most pungent smell. But if you open the capsules and empty it out, it looks just like this type of weed. It's called keef, and it's... uh, like a version of hash. And this stuff looks just like Keef, but it's a slightly browner color, and Keef is green. So you can empty out these valerian capsules and fill them with Keef. And even if a person dumped them out and spread them out, the difference isn't enough that they would automatically go, Oh, these are all different. What is this? And the smell of valerian root is so strong, they would never smell the weed.
2: How big are these capsules? Yeah.
0: Well, Keith is like hash, so it's a really concentrated version of weed, so you don't have to smoke as much of it. But they're just regular capsules, but when you're talking weed, you can get like a couple of grams at least into, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 capsules. And then you just empty them out when you get to where you're going. It's a lot of busy work. It is a ton of busy work, but it pays off if you want to smoke marijuana where you're going. Mm. Okay. You're yeah, who doesn't? But also in LA, I think you can just take it through the airport. I don't think they give a shit.
1: Yeah, they're they're too freaked out about too many other things, guys. They've got a lot going on. Yeah. It,
2: it took them literally 20 minutes to figure out what to do with my guitar cuz I just I just went to Nashville and their big giant X-ray scanner machine broke down and it was the only one big enough to fit my guitar through and they just stared at it for 20 minutes and I'm like, "My plane is starting to board right now, you monsters."
0: What kind of Gigantic Roger Rabbit guitar, were you lugging around?
2: It's it's a recording king resonator, it's steel, it's beautiful. My wife bought it for me on, when we got engaged. I don't we got
1: know, a nice wife.
2: right? I think so. Yeah,
1: yeah, good job. Thank
2: you. I'll
1: good job, danger. Thank you.
0: So, like I said, uh, oh, I actually put in the notes this is how I smuggle <laughs> weed through the airport. Uh, so prior to night, the one thing this did is pretty much any. Any safety mechanism you see on food now or medicine or any of that shit, almost none of that existed before the Tylenol murders. Okay, so like the foil caps the that you, foil, would you, would you pop it open? The foil did not exist. The Tylenol murders are the reason pill bottles have that foil seal now. Okay. Do you
1: ever think about how all of this... like? All, all of the safety measures around us come from either A, murderers, or B, dumb people.
2: Yeah. History oh, yeah. is a long learning process, and uh, some people
0: really uh, really set an example for the rest of us. Or it comes from cost savings, because this mm. is probably a thing. I'm sure at some point before this happened, someone was like, you know, someone could just open those and put shit in them and put them back on the shelves, and people might die. And they're like, eh, we'll wait till it happens. No.
1: Listen. All you need is one job in corporate America to realize that they literally wait till someone dies.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, there's. It's kind of. There's that big airbag recall happening now. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. There's, oh, and GM. Yeah. There's airbags that are shooting shards of metal into people's faces. Whoa. And I refuse to believe that didn't happen once when they were testing those airbags. Like.
1: No. Somebody just finally they just they just sliced and diced the wrong person with a good lawyer. That's all.
0: I like that a a <laughs> dinger went off when you said that. Yeah. yeah. Caitlin is help. correct.
1: <laughs> Great job, Caitlin.
0: You win fifteen hundred dollars. Whoa. Give it to her, danger. No, I don't have that. So a massive recall of Tylenol happened, obviously, sure. after this. Because it came out
2: that like, hey, these people took specifically this pill. This Tylenol extra strength pill,
0: like, they put out the brand name and everything? It, yeah. It was only extra strength Tylenol. Oof. And I think it all ended up being traced to one store. Okay. Well, also,
1: also keep in mind that, and actually not to go on this too deeply, but mass shootings are a good example of once One person basically shows how to kill a bunch of people at once. There's always going to be someone who does it after them. That's just what happens. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like,
2: oh, um, yeah. Mass shootings are an example of that also. But there's, um, there was a rash of like this really specific kind of suicide in like the Philippines or not the, um, but it, it was like yeah, like these teen kids all decided one day, hey, you know what? I'm going to kill myself by hanging, or like wh- one of the popular kids was just like, nah, you know what, I'm sick of this, I'm going to hang myself. Seriously, like, that was it. Like, it was just, I want to get out of whatever chore that I was about to do. And then it just inspired this rash of copycats.
1: Well, it's kind of what Heather's is about, also. Spoiler alert.
2: Yeah. Is that a, I haven't seen that. What? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, we talked about Heather's last time I was here. I still haven't seen it.
1: He's no reference guy, remember? Oh,
2: yeah. He's,
1: he's our George Lucas, minus all the money.
2: Yeah. And the charm. Is George Lucas charming?
0: I don't know. Nope. I don't I don't think so. <laughs> no. So we have Good a, a spate of murder, very Let's specific Let's talk murders. about one of the biggest tragedies of this whole thing, which is that before this happened, Tylenol owned 35% of the over-the-counter pain reliever market, and really? that dropped to 8% after the Whoa. murders. Who was that 8% um, that was still like, nope, nope, only Tylenol for me? I don't know. I mean, bears don't.
1: By listen, someone, okay, for sure, because people do this shit. They're like, "Hey, you want some hot chocolate?" Well, is it Swiss Miss? Because if it's not Swiss Miss, I'm not gonna have any. And I only like the kind with the marshmallows. Those people are real.
2: Yeah, I am kind of one of those people. <laughs> yeah, I can tell.
1: Yeah, I can tell. have yeah. the George Lucas here. I trust me. I'm not surprised. <laughs>
2: I just, you know, you get a a product that works for you, and you want to stick with it. Also, availability plays into these things. You know, this was the 80s. It was basically the Wild West. They're loyal
0: to you. You should be loyal to them. Mm, That's for sure. So, but here's the thing. Tylenol actually managed to earn the public's trust back pretty quickly, mostly because they recalled everything right away and immediately went into, how can we prevent this? And that's when the the tamper-proof... Packaging happened. But the thing is, it wasn't just that there was like if you open a bottle of Snapple or any glass thing with a metal lid and that that metal lid pops, that shit didn't exist before this. Oh, none of that shit. It was the wild fucking West for product packaging because you could just open shit and no one would know.
1: Is this Was this the
2: same era when people were concerned about, like, razor blades and candy bars? Yeah, yeah, kind of.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, that started all of this. Like, this is when people started leaving, like, razor blades in playgrounds, too. Same time. Like, yeah. people just started doing weird, creepy shit to kids, basically.
2: And, I mean, it all seems like a, a desperate way of a society to say, without actually directly saying it, that we don't trust products and we don't trust companies you know, why are you selling us these things? What are you trying to do? What are, you, what are you trying to get over on us?
0: Yeah. what One thing I always point to when it comes to stories like this is uh, Ronald Reagan, because he's yeah. a fucking monster. But this is another thing. Like, you didn't. He- I mean, stories like this happened before the 80s, but shit like this really spiked in the 80s. And it all goes back to Reagan shutting down mental health facilities oh. which he did nationwide and i mean he did it in california first then he did it here and that's when you started mass shootings fucking started in the 80s all the going postal shit and this too this like there were so many like weird poisonings in people like the razor blade shit
1: hey okay, hold on now i agree with you i think some of it has to do with the mental health thing but in 1980, we also saw our first 24-hour news channel. Yeah. And uh, I think that while you're not wrong, I also believe that 24-hour news cycles, if you even can call them a cycle, have way more to do with the duplication of this kind of mayhem than anything else, period. Right. Like,
0: but even but- then, like a, a normal person doesn't watch a 24-hour news cycle and go, I want to replicate that.
1: Just but they weren't but they weren't getting those ideas and they weren't being publicized is the other thing. Like a bunch of creepy shit went went down in small towns. It's just that nobody told anyone else about it.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So I mean I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that I mean you're right. There are crazy people that are like, Oh, I need to kill President you know Reagan because Jody Foster told me to. Like I, I, I hear you on that. But at the same time, I think that a lot of it comes like the, the 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 work that the Tylenol Corporation did moving forward had more to do with the fact that they knew that these these acts would be replicated simply because people would know about them.
2: And it's to kind of think of like, hey, you know what? Our competitors are ready to take advantage of our reduced market yeah. share. Like it's way easier with like a with like a a, a pain relief thing to just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to opt for Bayer instead, you know, because it's like an $8 kind of thing. It's, it's not like with the, uh, with the, a car, like if a car comes out and it's got like, you know, insane uh, shrapnel airbags, that's a harder thing to replace, you know, yeah. because that's, that's tens of thousands of dollars, which people might not
0: have. So let's talk about the investigation that went into the Tylenol murders. It was a confusing case. Johnson & Johnson determined right away... That the poisoning happened after the pills left the factory, because why wouldn't they determine that? That sounds real beneficial to their perspective, to say that it didn't happen on their turf. Yeah, I mean, obviously. So once that got out there, the the hypothesis was that someone must have taken the bottles off the shelves, taken them home, and then brought them back and put them back on shelves, which, sure, how do, do you know how far apart these murders happened? Well, they all happened like within a few days.
2: I'm sorry, um, like physically. Like, is it the kind of thing where it, the, something at a dis- it can only come from a distribution plant, yeah. or, or is it? Gonna- well,
0: they were all in the Chicago area. All okay.
2: those.
1: That's, that's a strong indicator that it was post factory distribution. Yeah. I.
2: That's a, it's. It, there might be a correlation, not causation, kind of thing, but that does help. Yeah, Johnson and Johnson's case. Well, yeah, of course. Who were who, who were the real victims here? Oh,
0: who, were yeah. the, who were the real victims? Yeah,
2: Johnson and Johnson. Oh yeah, Billy I mean, Johnson and the other Billy
0: Johnson. Is that their names? I don't know. I don't know the Johnson brothers' names, yeah. or if they're even brothers. Yeah. Ooh. Or if Whoa. they're even related. Or maybe now, we're they're lovers.
1: This wide open. Yeah. Wide open.
0: The, guys, they might be lovers. We're doing good work. Yeah. So here's the thing that that made the investigation weird: when Johnson and Johnson recalled all of the bottles they kept them they didn't turn them over to the police so the whole this happened after they left the factory was kind of hard to prove because i I don't know how distribution works but okay i'm assuming it would have helped if the police could have looked at the bottles that were recalled why
2: wouldn't the police have stepped in and said you need to turn this evidence over to us you know, or something. So we need to cooperate and and get some sunlight on this situation, so we can figure out what's going to work.
1: Somebody hasn't seen Michael Clayton.
2: No, what's that? Oh, that's a movie. A good to movie list, though. though. Heather's Michael Clayton.
1: That's a good. That's a good list. Heather's yeah. and, and Michael Clayton. That's yeah. a good day of movie watching. Oh okay. yeah.
0: Yeah, you're having a good night if yeah. that's your night. So the fact that Johnson and Johnson kept the bottles has led to a bunch of theories that there was. More than one person tainting the medications, but I don't know how people are making that leap. any ideas like i i um, don't i don't know how well how they would go from You generally don't let the person that stands to
2: benefit the most from declaring their own innocence from controlling the evidence.
0: well yeah, obviously, but that's still that nothing about that points to me at least points to more than one person doing this
1: it just that just makes it doesn't make any sense to me well i i mean if you think about the damage that that one bottle did to that family if you're just want to kill a bunch of people you don't need to i mean this is a good way to be in a lot of places at once right so i don't think i also don't see how it could be the same poison um, yeah, that would be weird. So then you'd be suggesting that it's a network of people, because that would be the only answer to that, right? It would have to be a network of people.
0: It was probably, like, since it was the 80s, it was probably a satanic cult.
1: Fine. It was a satanic cult, most likely. But then I would say that it would be probably the most inefficient effort put forth by a group of people Yeah. To kill people in this way. It's either, it's either a very effective one person— or a very ineffective group of people.
2: And the moment you get multiple people involved in a single act that any sunlight hits it, it's going to blow up. Like the less likely it, that thing is to say s- to stay a secret or or secure or whatever.
1: Also the timeline would suggest that it's only one person because these people all died in a relatively short period of time. And when you think about how how long a bottle of Tylenol will sit in your medicine cabinet, cuz no one's taking that for fun. Like at all. Right.
0: But also, and also, if it was like a a thing coming from a distribution center, it would have been spread out more through Chicago, at least I would think.
1: That's why I do think it's one person. I I, I do think it was post distribution
0: center. And to your point about people letting Tylenol sit, when you buy it, it's usually because you need it like right in that moment. So I think definitely more people would have died if there were more people involved
1: i I don't know i mean i yes and i mean people buy things for i mean i don't know There are doomsday preppers out there that probably have cases and cases of this shit somewhere but anyway just putting it i don't know i
0: don't know how crazy would it be if the fucking apocalypse hits and you're safe (laughs) in your bunker and then you come down with a headache and you take your 1982 extra strength tylenol and die of cyanide poisoning in your (laughs) bunker but that was time now
1: (laughs) (laughs) There was finally time. No, good. I think it's good because, you know, I always think about how annoying doomsday preppers are, and I would be so bummed out if that's like the gene pool that keeps us alive as a species. Gross.
0: So let's talk about
2: James Lewis. Oh, Oh, this gets so creepy.
1: Well, good news,
0: everybody. The police have a suspect because James Lewis became the only suspect because he wrote a ransom letter to Johnson & Johnson Demanding one million dollars in exchange for stopping the poisonings
2: uh that's overt,
0: yeah, which that that's a bold move, like, but what,
2: the zodiac killer like used a code, right? and he was like, "You know I'm going to do this crazy thing, it's going to be weird
0: the The best story of anyone any killer who was caught in this manner is absolutely the BTK killer Yes. Because he basically asked police, if I start sending you my letters on floppy disk, will you be able to trace it? And they were like, nah, man, you'll be fine. Send that to us. And he did. And that's how they caught
1: him. So much smarter than us.
2: (laughs) Okay. So dude sent a thing saying, hey, I'm responsible for these
0: these horrible murders. Now pay me directly. Well, let's backtrack a little and talk about James Lewis because he's got an interesting life. He was born in Memphis in 1946 as Theodore Wilson. He was the that's son of migrant workers Theodore and Opal Wilson. In 1948, the family was living in Waco, Texas, and Theo skipped town. So that's, that's dad leaving when he's two. Okay. And a few months later, presumably while he was still two, his mom left him and his two daughters in a transient motel outside Joplin, Missouri.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the clock. Mm -hmm. This is the exact plot to the song The Way by Fastball. Hashtag Fastball the Jets.
0: That song is about two old people who died on the way to a music festival.
2: Oh, is it? No, I didn't. Oh, I, I thought it was
0: something. I thought it was. Wait, like, you tell your story of what you think that song is about. I thought that
2: that song is about how they the, the children woke up and they couldn't find them. And, like, they had just thought, look, I haven't actually listened to the lyrics of the song uh, since, it, since it hit the radio.
1: Hey, I was just excited
2: to mention Fastball.
1: I'm picking up what you're putting down. Thank I'm you, p- Kate. We I make ma- such a good team. We do.
2: Yeah.
0: Fine. <laughs> Why don't you two just host this podcast? Man. So let's get back to James Lewis. James uh, Lewis, AKA, after, a.k.a. Theodore. After Fastball leaves them at a transient motel outside Joplin, Missouri. Okay. That, that happened. Uh, social workers discovered the kids and split them up. Floyd and Charlotte Lewis, a childless couple from nearby Cave Junction, <laughs> were granted custody of Theodore and renamed him James William Lewis. Why would why wouldn't you just let the kid keep his first name, or why would you split up the family like that? I mean, this was this was the forties. We're we're lucky we didn't like send him off to fight in World War II. Are we really
1: surprised that social services dropped the ball? I mean, is that the conversation we're going to have? Because I I think we're all is all on track as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah.
0: This sounds consistent. Sounds pretty regular. So Charlotte worked in a shirt factory. Floyd was a sharecropper. It was a shitty existence made hmm. even worse by the fact that uh, James Lewis, kind of a piece of shit as a yeah. kid. Floyd died when he was 12. Not when Floyd was 12. That would be a weird age to have adopted a kid by then. <laughs> but when Jim was 12, Floyd died. So Floyd lucked out there because for the next five years, Charlotte lived alone with James without plumbing or electricity. Oof. In 1964, she marries this other guy named Glenn Nelson. Uh, by that time, Jim is a teenager and a fucking menace. Yes. Yeah. So much so that his mom takes to sleeping with a gun under her pillow, at all times. Ooh. Which, you know what? You adopted him at that point. You get to be like, listen, this one is broken. <laughs> uh huh. like a me, caseworker. Send me a replacement. Stat.
2: <sighs> hey, social services. I need help dealing with this child that I've, you know, sort of taken in because the state didn't want to take him in.
0: That's not social services' job. That, Danger.
2: Okay. I mean, they've got they've got all the money.
0: What? I mean, the, the state? Has, I don't know what's happening.
2: I'm just saying, like, we don't we don't send the resources where they need to go, you guys, and uh, that's why I'm excited to tell you about when, uh, the whatever. Cut this. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: Wow. <Whoa. laughs> So I was going to jump in, but then I just did not it.
2: Uh, you could have uh, bailed me out. Come on. Look, no, don't be I, afraid. I'm not you, good at any of
0: this.
1: You were really on one. And I thought, I think I'll just <laughs> let him do this for a little.
0: I was interested to see where that was going. And it just went. Yep. Just went. Yep. It was, it was fun. Yeah. So a couple more highlights about this idiot's life. In, when he was 19, he chased his mother with an axe. Whoa. And was charged with assaulting his stepfather, breaking several ribs in a beating. In 66, he overdosed and was committed to a Missouri State Mental Hospital with a diagnosis of catatonic schizophrenia. He
2: would have been 18 here,
0: yeah?
1: Yeah. He's Michael Myers.
0: Yeah, kind of. Because
1: catatonic schizophrenia, that's a Michael Myers situation.
0: Right. But somehow he pulled out of that to... Oh, this is the best part of the catatonic schizophrenia and suicide thing. He later explained that the suicide attempt and all of his fights with his parents were just an elaborate plan hatched by the entire family so he could avoid the Vietnam draft.
2: Huh, yeah. People are always honest about that kind of thing. Which... Why would he lie?
0: Good plan. little... Kept him out of the draft. A little elaborate. A little ornate. Yeah, he could have just pissed on himself or something, right? I mean... Go down there high? It was... Well, then he get arrested.
1: I don't know. I, I would do that to keep my son out of the draft.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Would
1: you I mean... chase him
2: around with an axe and, and break his ribs?
1: No, I would just calmly explain how I'm going to tell the cops that he did. And the reason why is because I don't want you to fight this forever war. I want you to just, you just go ahead and hang out in an institution. It will not be as bad... I will mail you cookies. Love mom.
0: Yeah. I I, th- I think I would have opted for that.
1: Huh. That's not what happened. Right?
0: No, of course not. No. L- let's carry on. He, uh, he gets married at one point hey. to a woman named Leanne Miller. Good for him. They have a daughter, Tori really Ann.
1: Really quick. This is just, I just got to say this. If you're listening to this podcast and you're single, let's be honest. A lot of people who listen to this podcast are single. Oh, sure. This is great news because I tell everybody and no one listens. There's someone for everyone. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep.
1: I'm just saying, but ladies don't settle for Michael Myers type. Okay. You think you can fix him, but before you know it, he's chasing you around with an ax.
0: Exactly. And you're having a daughter with down syndrome, which that's what Tori Ann had. So, so that's another strike against this guy's life in general. Now he has uh, a daughter with down syndrome that, He has to take care of. uh, Maybe the way
1: to say it is he's the worst person to have a daughter with Down syndrome. (laughs) Right, because he's
0: got schizophrenia.
1: Right. Like this is this is the worst case scenario for the girl that didn't ask to be here.
0: Yeah. Uh Right.
1: That
0: sucks. So they they end up opening he and the wife open a business, which again Lewis and Lewis business. You're married, just call it fucking Lewis Tax Service. Or whatever.
2: I mean, Johnson & Johnson, a family corporation. I don't get it.
0: Uh, But Lewis & Lewis Business Tax Service.
1: (laughs) Yeah!
2: Nailed it.
0: And uh, they opened this in a rundown part of Kansas City. I don't know why that matters. uh, Look, it's due for an upswing, that part of Kansas. (laughs) It's still due. I've been there. Sorry, Kansas City. You're a great town. (laughs) I don't know why I did that. But it is true. You could still use some revitalizing so one day an elderly man named raymond west shows up just kind of as a client but becomes a family friend in 1975 they end up moving close to raymond west on monday july 24th 1978 west is reported missing on on that wednesday police returned to west's home and saw a note stuck on the still locked front door (laughs) <laughs> written on Lewis and Lewis letterhead. Uh, master criminal here. And it reads, Ray is out of town until Thursday. For further information, call Jim.
2: Oh, my God. There's an expiration date on that action. People are going to eventually get concerned.
0: Yeah. Why, why do you? Because I feel like everyone already knows where this is going. Right. Let
2: me put my name on
0: this missing person case. And so the police see this and they immediately kick in the door, but James Lewis had a plan because there's another note that says, Please don't disturb until after one. Sleeping late, Raymond. Okay. So there's a note
2: on the front door says,
0: Ray's out of town. Don't yes. worry about it.
2: And then there's another note on the inside saying, Hey, it's Ray and I'm Raymond and I'm I'm sleepy. Leave me alone. Right. Because people were expected to see that note and then proceed anyway. Yep. Okay. These are some rude people in uh, in Kansas City, just barging through notes.
0: And family members were quick to point out that Raymond never signed notes as Raymond. He would sign checks and business documents, but otherwise he always went by Ray. And this is the detail that really confuses me. Okay. We go from that. He only signed his name as Ray, so the family member's concerned. So here is the, the detail that really is confusing to me. They go to the house. They find these two notes. The family is like, hey, he probably didn't sign that. 21 days later, they find Raymond West's body in the attic of the house. Uh... It took you three weeks to go, let's check the attic. Maybe he's in the attic. Yeah,
2: there's more to this house than
0: just these front rooms and these notes. I, I, I need to know what transpired in those 21 days. And what happened on that 21st day? That finally prompted them to check the attic.
2: Oh, the smell. Mm. It'll be, it'll always be the smell. That just means that they were lazy and they're like, all right, well, he'll, he'll turn up at some point.
1: The smell would have been there like a week like earlier than that.
0: Yeah. But, Which um, kind, kind of leads me to believe they just like, I don't know. That's a weird detail. What, you know
1: what this is like kind of reminding me of is Robert Durst.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: When he went to Texas and then he dismantled his landlord.
0: Yeah, because this, uh, when they found the Raymond West upstairs, both legs had been severed at the hip joint. Ugh. The right leg was laying near his head on the right side. The other was rested further down on the left. Both feet had black socks on. What kind of weirdo leaves their socks on when they're getting murdered? Not me. And not that's... Jimmy Buffett. Certainly yeah. not me. I don't even like to get murdered with the lights on.
1: <laughs> uh, it's
0: a horrible
1: feeling. Yeah, <laughs> that was a really funny joke.
2: Thank you, yeah, Danger. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so presumably, Lewis and Lewis financial crime people chopped this person up and then got bored and left. It seems that
0: way. And <sighs> okay, so here's the thing: the <laughs> when Caitlin says this is reminiscent of Robert Durst, that's because this guy gets off.
2: Oh, yeah. wait.
0: Okay. The when it, it go, Oh, I should, before I get to him getting off for this, the police also found a $5,000 check drawn on West's account, dated July 23rd, the day he went missing, uh, written to James Lewis. So that's, mm-hmm. at, if nothing else, that's a lot of circumstantial evidence. And you can presume if he dismembered the body, there might be some physical evidence. But, oh, also they found white rope, a black attache case with papers bearing West's name, a trash bag, and a bundle of Raymond West checks in Lewis's car. So obviously he gets arrested. They charge him with capital murder. So that
2: Magic 8 ball says signs point to yes.
0: Right. Okay. But then yeah. a few days later, the trial gets, or the case gets dismissed. A few days later? Uh, well, oh no, I'm sorry. A few days before the October 79 trial date. The case was dismissed Whoa. because his lawyer successfully argued that police had no probable cause to arrest Lewis the first time. Uh. And they also forgot to read him as Miranda writes.
1: Whoa.
0: So every piece of evidence they had was deemed inadmissible and he got off.
1: Well, maybe that helps sort of shed a little bit more light on that 21 day gap because yeah. they they might just not have had probable cause to enter the home. And cause everything, everything leading up to that is circumstantial. You can't right. actually justify getting into the house. So maybe they, they kind of, you know, played a little jazz with it to finally get into the house after 21 days. And then, they ended up paying for that. Cause it just sounds like they just didn't have enough. They knew it was him, but they didn't have enough evidence.
0: Right.
2: A lot of my family are cops and I've asked them like, Hey, what happens if someone doesn't get read their Miranda rights? And as I understand it, like nothing, like it, it's, it's good that these people like know that they have a right to an attorney with that. But, but I mean like a failure to read a Miranda rights doesn't invalidate the presence of evidence.
1: Well, but it also just depends on whether or not you have a lawyer that's willing to ask.
2: Yeah. Hmm. And a lawyer of the century over here. In El-
1: well, I'm, you know, it just depends. Like, you, you know, if you get somebody in the public defender's office who's, like, super hungry and trying to build their career, and you luck out in that way, or you can afford a good lawyer, that's the stuff they look for right away. And if you don't, then they don't.
0: <laughs> so. And I get the sense that this was a good lawyer. I mean, for one thing, one of his arguments in court was uh, it's one thing to kill somebody— it's another thing to dismember them after they're dead. And while dismembering somebody after they're dead is repulsive and repugnant, it's not homicide. Because that was their argument. He found the body and just dismembered it.
1: That's, literally, that's literally the same defense that Robert Durst's attorney made. That's the right. exact same oh. one. So he got some kind of weird charge of like improper use of disposing a body, something like uh, improperly disposing a body but not murder. Because they right. couldn't prove he did it. Wow. But he did admit to chopping up the body and
2: throwing it in a a lagoon. Huh. Well, at least he went as far as to throw it in the lagoon. These guys just, like,
0: left it in the attic and just prayed it wouldn't smell. I mean, neither of them got—there were no ramifications in either case, so. Okay. I think they both did good. I think they
2: didn't do good. I think they did—they were were bad. They did a bad
0: thing— Agree to disagree. So after this, after he gets off for this, his tax business starts failing. <laughs> Gee, I would want to take my
2: business to, to, to Lord Choppy. Uh, right. Come back to me, I'll have a better one.
1: This doesn't seem like a details guy, let's be honest.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's definitely a very high-level thinker that doesn't do the low-level thinking that is supposed to lead to that. It's just the grand plan, and everything else will fall into line. And apparently, it does because that's uh,
1: why. That's why me and Adam have CPAs that we reach out to once tax season rolls around. Because that is not my jam. No no, no,
2: no. Wait, do people do their own taxes? I certainly don't. God, God no, not me. No, hell no. I I'm got a guy. I got. A, I got a guy, and he has a door full a, of adorable. I got
1: a really beautiful woman, actually, Ooh. like this real hot lady. It's great she when i show people pictures of my tax lady they're like are you serious i'm like yes i
2: mean you got you got one on your phone anything you can show us here on during the show
1: she's um she's in her wedding dress i'll send it your (laughs) way (laughs) wow
2: that that gets even
0: better that added a a whole level of creepiness (laughs) caitlin you just know what i'm into and i really appreciate it
1: What did I say earlier? I'm always on your
0: team. Yeah, I I just really, really dig that. So this guy, his tax business starts failing. He starts committing all these crimes. The police catch up to him in Kansas City. So he and the wife hightail it to Chicago. Uh And they only took what their 69 Rambler could carry. Sweet ride. Because this is literally a fucking movie. So they find jobs. Uh, Leanne starts doing bookkeeping. At Lakeside Travel, which is owned by Miller Brewing Air Frederick Miller McCahey. And this, I swear to God, all ties into the Tylenol murders. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. We're still talking about that. Okay. So, since taking over Lakeside Travel a year earlier, Frederick McCahey had experienced problems managing the business. And Leanne saw that the business might be ending. Uh, there were overdrawn accounts. Airlines had pulled their ticketing privileges. All kinds of shit. So, before she quit her job in the spring of 82, Leanne stamped a stack of blank envelopes with postage from a Pitney Bowes meter. What does that mean? Pitney Bowes? Oh, yeah. that's just a company.
2: Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: They All made right. business machines. Got it. And the postmark said April 15th, 1982. The following Friday, Lakeside Travel went belly up. They issued 18 final paychecks, including Leanne's, for $511.33. All the checks bounced the lewises had cashed leanne's check at a nearby currency exchange on july 27th 1982 the currency exchange sued them to recover the funds the exchanges that that does seem extreme but
2: yeah like a small claims lawsuit
0: yeah i mean it would have to be small claim although i don't know what the small claims limit was back then but the currency exchange sued them the exchange's attorney recalled the couple's agitated demeanor during a subsequent visit to his office. This is a quote.
1: We'll give them a break.
0: Yeah, just- yeah. I mean, your your company paid, like anyone's gonna be a little like they, they didn't do anything. They were just trying to cash their paycheck, right? And now they're getting sued, so obviously they're gonna be a little agitated. I'm just saying. But this is Anthony Fornell, who was the currency exchange's attorney. They appeared to be more upset than anybody else. They were very adamant in their position that they didn't owe the money, that they had worked for it, and that McKahee was a crook and should be made to pay. I mean, it's, that's not wrong. Well, it's it's not wrong, and they ended up just having to pay a $50 fee to the currency exchange. They
2: paid a fee for a for a check that somebody else wrote that bounced.
0: Yes. Okay.
2: Well, I mean, at least they didn't owe five hundred and eleven dollars.
0: So on September fourth, nineteen eighty-two, using the aliases Karen and William Wagner, the couple paid two hundred and twenty-one dollars cash for one-way tickets on an Amtrak train headed for New York City. Two days later they checked into the Rutledge Hotel in Manhattan as Robert and Nancy Richardson. Really
2: like really like that alliteration that they're like, We're we're gonna one of us is gonna have the two. Two letters that are the same. William Wagner,
0: Robert Richardson.
1: I'm just saying, once you get into the land of changing names, someone's going to die.
0: Right. (laughs) But on September 29th, the first Tylenol victim died. James Lewis was in New York. So this, uh, I'm sure, all seemed like it was building up to James Lewis having done this. But no, James Lewis was just in New York and decided after seeing the coverage, hey, that's a thing I can capitalize on. And he started planning ways to do that. Here's a corpse I can dismember.
1: Okay, so bottom line, so far we know James, not a businessman.
0: Not a good one.
1: No, the money is always flowing away from him. (laughs) Right. Because this whole I can capitalize on murder by saying it's me,
2: Mm, I don't know. Yeah, it might not work out. Also, who hears, hey, a bunch of people have died.
0: You know what? I'm going to take responsibility for that right. and turn that to my advantage. But he didn't take responsibility for it. He was trying to get revenge on his wife's ex boss.
2: I mean, the, oh, okay. the guy I'm that. Still taking advantage of the situation.
0: The guy that wrote him Weeks. a $500 check that bounced, this guy decides, hey, I'll pin a series of murders on him,
2: of insane, high profile <laughs>
0: child murders. That'll get him. I mean, it's a little imbalanced, if we're being honest. This is where the envelopes the wife had stamped come into account because he used those envelopes as well as McCainy's bank account number, which they had from the check that he had written, and wrote this letter to Johnson & Johnson. Gentlemen, as you can see, it is easy to place cyanide, both potassium and sodium, into capsules sitting on store shelves. And since the cyanide is inside the gelatin, it is easy to get buyers to swallow the bitter pill. Another beauty is that cyanide operates quickly. It takes so very little, and there will be no time to take countermeasures. If you don't mind the publicity of these little capsules, then do nothing. So far, I've spent less than $50, and it takes me less than 10 minutes per bottle. If you want to stop the killing, then wire $1 million to bank account number 8449597 at Continental Illinois Bank, Chicago, Illinois. Do not enchant... To involve the FBI or local Chicago authorities with this letter, a couple of phone calls by me will undo anything you can possibly do. That is such a dramatic revenge plan.
1: My favorite part of the letter is him pretending that to him, $50 isn't a ton of money at the moment.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, that's what this whole thing fucking started out. Because that's all they ended up having to pay. <laughs> yep.
1: That's the best part
2: of the letter. Well, the wife lost the job. It's future earnings. Future earnings that she's missing out on.
0: But that wasn't what they were mad about. They were just mad about the checks. Spend money
1: to make money. Spend money to make money.
0: So if you can believe it, with James not being a a details guy, as Caitlin (laughs) mentioned, within hours of receiving this letter, the FBI had lifted fingerprints from the document. Uh, They noted the New York City postmark. They scratched away the postmark and found metered postage. With an identifying Pitney Bowes number on an uh. old date, the meter discovered. Uh, the meter was owned by Lakeside Travel. The envelope was stamped April fifteenth, nineteen eighty-two. They then discovered the bank account belonged to the Lakeside owner Frederick McKehe. Chicago authorities did question McCahey. He denied any involvement. They asked about possible grudge holders, and Robert and Nancy Richardson were the names he gave. Which wait wait wait. That wasn't their names when no. this happened, right?
1: I thought they
2: were using the Lewis names.
1: I'm so confused by their confusion.
0: Yeah, they're, they're bad at this. But a quick check of employment records led the cops to Chicago Tax Service, where Bob Richardson's old application was. And uh, just in looking at that application, they knew he wrote this extortion note. So Lewis, with the police on to him, does... The the one thing you would do in this situation, oh, yeah. uh-huh. and he starts Ow. firing off letters to local newspapers because okay. this guy's not a smart one.
1: Also, not the first one to do this, right? Oh, we we
2: we skipped a note in there. With his plan not <laughs> working and him being investigated, he had allegedly sent a death threat to President Ronald Reagan in McKayhee's name with the self same stamped envelopes.
1: How many crazies wanted to kill Reagan? I mean, that he's like the the shitty Bruce Wayne. <laughs> uh, <of> presidents <laughs> like all these insane people that like dress up in weird costumes want to kill ronald reagan
2: does that wait does that make trump shitty penguin i, I don't know okay i'm just throwing that out there
0: fucking <laughs> trump man
2: yeah good. <sighs> what a nightmare what a complete nightmare trump is
0: worse than everything that's happened in this episode so far other than children including dying. the oh okay so yeah he sends a letter to Reagan he starts firing off letters to newspapers claiming he can help solve the Tylenol crimes and of course this just makes people look at him more <laughs> and while I'm he not was
2: inconspicuous
0: he ends up going to prison for sending this Tylenol letter he goes to prison right. for extortion obviously uh-huh. while in prison he asks if he can work as an informant for the FBI To help solve the Tylenol murders. Yeah. So Okay. I don't understand this guy's reasoning at all.
1: I do. I do. What is it? I do. He's the worst.
0: He is that.
2: Okay.
1: He just he just thinks he's worth something for some reason. Yeah, it
2: it seems like he's one of those guys that thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And it's yeah. like, dude, no, we can see the strings. There's the strings. Like, no, 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 but but I haven't even told you the best part. It's that there's not strings.
0: And what, what criminals like that never realize is there are people getting away with crimes every day who aren't going to prison uh, and having high-profile documentaries made about their arrests. Yeah. It's like, you're not the smart ones. You got caught, dummy. Yeah. Like, I mean, even if you didn't if, inevitably go to jail for it, you still had to stand trial and everyone thinks you're a murderer? Yeah. I mean, and that's good enough. Yeah. Cuz that's how justice works in America.
1: I think that most people forget that most criminals are first-time criminals. Period. Yeah. And then they get caught. Like that's most things, most right. bigger things. You know, I mean, shoplifting probably not, but murder, like bad ransom plans, you really only get one shot at either of those. <laughs>
2: like, yeah. Did did you did you pull off a slam dunk the first time you tried? I mean, I know you did. I saw it. It was amazing. First tried what? The t- first time you tried to 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 slam like to like slam dunk a basketball into a hoop? What? Several feet in the air. I'm yeah, saying I- the first
0: time you try something you don't generally succeed. That's my point. No. Oh, no, no. I'm pr- I'm pretty good at stuff. Yeah. It's just I mean, it just flows through me. So here's the thing about the FBI. They decide to let this guy help. <laughs> well they're not letting him help they think he's gonna say something to incriminate himself Ah. and what they actually find out is he had alibis for all of this shit and he was just delusional for one thing Uh and was just trying to use the tragedy to get the revenge he thought he deserved so good news he is out of prison now he was released in 1995 in 2010 he wrote a book called Poison! The Doctor's Dilemma. Gee. Which is about a fictional, intentional lead poisoning. For some reason, critics have accused him of exploiting his connection with the Tylenol murders to sell books. Oh, why? Yeah. I don't get it. But here's the scariest thing about the Tylenol murders. Never solved.
1: Oh. Well, that's not good.
2: Right? Uh, Well, I mean, at least they stopped. Because of, I imagine, a lot of the advancements in pill bottle design. Or, maybe... One, uh, one uh, foggy afternoon, our, our pillsman, uh, our pillsmith, as you were, maybe he wasn't feeling too well. Maybe he was feeling a little under the weather, a little down, run down. And he thought, you know what would, what would ease my suffering in this moment is, is a little aspirin, you know? Uh, a little, uh, uh, little old. you know what? I've got just the thing. But here's the thing he swapped the bottles, and he wasn't paying attention, and he, and he accidentally took one of the, the no no pills. That he'd been working on.
1: This is a suicide story? This is an accident? Yeah, I'm not following this at
2: all. I'm saying maybe he accidentally poisoned himself.
1: Okay, that is what you're saying. He's alive. That is what I'm
2: saying.
0: He's alive. He's not dead. But you don't know. You don't know. I do actually have a, a. Are you friends with this guy? I do have a theory about this. Let's hear it. I do think he did it. And what I think happened is in when he returned the pills, instead of putting them in front where they would be purchased right away, he just put them near the back of the shelf where it's going to take some time for people to buy them and finally get to that bottle. That gives him time to go from Chicago to New York, knowing that in a matter of weeks, someone is going to buy that bottle of Tylenol and die, and then he can start the revenge portion of it.
2: I mean, does he have any
0: chemistry know-how? Do you need chemistry know-how to put to create cyanide? I don't think you have to create it. It's a thing. Who's like, selling cyanide? I don't know. Ask James Lewis. He's out of prison now. It's
1: the eighties. Everybody could get uh, anything in yeah.
0: the eighties. Yeah, Amazon. That's right. The CIA was selling cyanide in poor neighborhoods in Los Angeles in the eighties. No, that was that was crack. It was crack cocaine. Agree to disagree again, danger. Mm, Jesus. I mean, crack cocaine. It's poison. Absolutely. That is no it's good.
1: A, you're going to get all of us audited.
0: Ideally, yeah. I'm trying. I'm a, I'm a plant for the IRS. Oh. I just go out and try to get people audited. Oh. Hey, so that's the Tylenol murders. We still uh. have no idea what happened. The killer has never been brought to justice. Unless it was James Lewis, in which case the not killer has justice. never been brought to justice. And he pulled off a amazing crime.
2: I think that, like... If if someone thought it out that much and then committed the rest of their life to being complete boneheads, I don't know. It just doesn't add up. Like I don't think people have flashes of genius like that amidst just a lifetime of royally screwing up.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think that the possibility is that somebody else did this and then killed themselves.
0: Occam's razor, baby. That's
1: um, that's kind of what I think. I you, think that. Well, here is why I think that. <laughs>
0: Go on, and then I'll yell at danger.
1: (laughs) My guess is that they didn't plan on killing kids. Mm. That's what I think. I I, I think that if you're stuffing things in Tylenol bottles, you're still imagining adults. And I don't think that this person thought they were going to kill kids. And they did. And that was it. Because if they enjoyed it, they would have kept doing it. (laughs) Right.
0: Let's talk about Occam's razor, Danger. (laughs) Sure. How would that apply to what Caitlin said? Uh, in the sense that the more the the, the, the
2: simplest you, solution the is simplest solution one would be person... that the guy
0: who took credit for it and lived in the area where it happened and then fled, I think under Occam's razor that would be the guy.
1: But he was in New York when the thing happened, like you said.
0: But he didn't. I I, I just explained how that like all you would have to do instead of putting the when you take the pills back instead of putting them at the front of the shelf, you put them in the back. People are going to have to buy uh, Tylenol over the course of a few days or weeks before they get to those bottles you put in the back. And that gives you time to get out of town and be like, I wasn't even fucking there when it happened.
1: I feel like we have equally plausible theories. That's what I think.
0: And I think what we should do next is go test them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think we have a pair of Occam's Racers.
0: More Nothing like to Occam's me. Racers. Oh! And we'll, oh f- to, to just wow. race into the conclusion. I don't know.
2: Okay. Yeah. Coming
0: to Netflix this fall. Occam's Racers. I mean,
2: everything is coming to Netflix.
0: That's the name of this episode. No, it's not. That's terrible for SEO purposes. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, don't do that. And it would be. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna make it? Yeah. I feel
1: like there's been a hundred episodes of television called named Occam's Razor. It might be a good SEO movie. Yeah,
0: Probably. All right, so we should wrap this up. I feel like we're not going to solve the Tylenol murders on oh, this episode. From this room? We could meet I up.
1: already did. Check the suicides, people. The suicides. The suicides
2: in 1980. The fresh suicide data of 1982.
0: Yep. All right. Do, what do we have to plug oh, before so we get out of here?
1: Uh, I got a baby coming. What? Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why is this the first I'm hearing of this?
1: Um, I don't know. I just, it's, you know, it's a male, it's a male dominated industry. I haven't really wanted to, you know,
2: sure, make sure, a thing, sorry.
1: but since this Harvey Weinstein stuff broke out, I feel empowered and I feel like sharing.
2: And the baby's doing a set, what at Nerd Melt? <laughs> yeah,
1: we do, like, yeah, comedy store? Gonna, yeah. he's He's got a type five. I'm so, proud.
0: She's going to deliver it at the comedy store.
1: Ooh, that's it. Deliver that is, it.
0: Deliver him. He, yeah. It? He's, a, he's so a human wild. child with a name
1: to the store and I
0: can't let that happen. Maybe the improv. I feel like the improv is a little <laughs> cleaner. Uh, what else do we have to, uh, we have a live podcast October 28th at the Hollywood hotel. That should be cool. The, oh,
1: I'm so jealous.
0: It's going to be so much fun. It's also a Halloween party. So wear a costume. We're going to be giving out prizes. Connor McSpadden and Keith Carey and Travis Clark and Chet Wild are going to be telling jokes. Hey. straight wait, straight white male comedy hour. <laughs> Before the live podcast with me, Jeff, Quincy, and Carrie, mm-hmm. oh, come to that, that and uh, should be excellent. Also, I will. No,pe this will already be up by then, so never mind. Okay. What about you, Danger?
2: Uh, well, I mean, everybody should go to the live taping on the twenty eighth because it's going to be amazing, and there will be a costume function. Uh, but everybody the night before on the twenty seventh needs to come to the Nerd Rockers Ball at the Angel City Brewery. Starts at seven o'clock. We've got Adam Todd Brown being the, I think, the only straight, straight white guy, uh, on there. We've got, uh, yeah. yeah, thank you. We got Tamer uh Keith Carey, Riley Silverman, and Vanessa Gritton telling jokes. Oh,
1: that's a fun lineup. That oh. you guys. Definitely go to that. That's a great lineup. I'm so yep.
2: excited. I'm so excited. Um, and then uh, we've got Gentlemen Prefer Blood, countless thousands, of course, and Memphis Vampires uh, playing music thereafter. We're going to have a costume contest, all that good stuff. You can also see countless thousands on uh, the 20th at the Lost Nights. That will also be a costume thing, although I don't have any more information about that offhand. But please go to the Nerd Rockers Ball because it's my and Adam's function... And it's a big deal, and we love you, and uh, it's free. It's free. The Nerd Rockers Ball is free. Just come. We got it.
0: Yeah. It's
2: going to be a really good time.
0: All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Cool. Danger. Say goodbye. Thank you so so much for having me on this wonderful program. That is not what I asked you to say. Goodbye. Caitlin, say goodbye.
1: Goodbye.
0: Goodbye, everybody. We love you.
2: Enjoy your babies. <laughs>